Welcome to this okay. week's energy show. Now, the solar industry is going through a lot of changes now. There's record high demand for solar and especially battery storage, but there's a continuously changing equipment and electric rate environment. It's very tough to keep up with this new stuff that's coming out, the new electric rates that seem to come out like almost every three months. And then there's tariffs and there's blackouts. And now there's this coronavirus pandemic, which is basically not going away anytime soon. So in addition to all these hassles, there's a lot of companies that come and go in this industry. That's why we call it the solar coaster because there's a lot of ups and downs. And it takes a company with good management and good strategy to continue to thrive in such a dynamic environment. And I'm really happy to have this week as our guest, Vince Battaglia, CEO of Renova Energy. Now, Renova is based in Palm Desert, California. And over the past dozen years, they've become the leading energy system installation company in the Coachella Valley. He runs a terrific business. And you kind of look at the skills that Vince and his team have put together. They've got a good mix of technology, of construction, of marketing, and, and really overall business acumen that kind of pulls that together. So in my view, Renova's really the prototypical local energy company. So with that introduction, welcome to the show, Vincent. Wow, I was, that's too much. I was going to ask, really, you have that kind of company on this week? I wonder who it is. <laughs> Thank you for that, that introduction. It's always an honor to speak with you and to get the ear of your following. All right, good. Well, first, tell us a little bit more, or a lot more, about Renova Energy's business, the residential, the commercial, the territory, and things like that. Just go fire away and tell, yeah. us, tell us about it. We began in 2006, so it was my master's thesis, graduated from UC Riverside and basically took the business out into the field when, you know, when we were at $10 a watt, but that's not the $15 a watt you were at, but we were at $10 a watt and basically drove towards creating a retail brand that would replace the way that folks were really looking at solar, which was a lot of localized mom and pop. And we've successfully grown uh, to a little over 200 people. This was pre-pandemic, though, Barry. And we're an ESOP. So we have delivered stock year after year for the last four years to our employee partners, growing in an area where our electric bills on average are three times higher than the national average. So our average system at Renova is about 11.4 kW. Great community, though, because 65% of our new contracts signed are from referral. So you do a good job and you get a good referral. You do a bad job and you get kicked out of Dodge. So we've managed to help the nine cities in this region grow to about a 14% attachment rate of solar. And that's pretty darn high. But the folks out here need it. Electric costs are high. Electric loads are high. And as we grow into the microgrid era, we are our attachment rate for new systems of batteries is about 35%. So every new system, 35% of all of our new systems have battery. It's Tesla, it's Generac, it's electric. And that's what we're looking forward to is being able to go attach at a higher rate and then go back to the nearly 8,000 systems we've installed and attach batteries to them. So we're happy and motivated and always love to draft behind those folks like you and what you do at Cinnamon and all the cool things that you put out as relevant information for the industry. Yeah, well, that, that's great. And as you know, I'm a big fan of strong local companies and you're number one on my list, way beyond us. We're just uh, much smaller here in Silicon Valley, although we've been growing well, kind of consistently. That's by your choice, brother. You did that by choice. If you wanted to, this could be a Cinnamon world, but you've 
you've done that by choice. You're an amazing executor. Your listeners know that already. Well, but uh, yeah. anyhow. I remember opening an office near the airport in Palm Springs probably a dozen years ago or so. You know, it was right. just kind of tough to maintain that sprawling, sprawling. I mean, we had offices all over California, but expanding outside of the state right. was really a killer. So I'm an old, yep. old solar curmudgeon. As we had talked about, and I'm just, I'm just happy to work in Silicon Valley and just take care of our old customers and work with new residential and commercial customers, and that's the way it goes. But now you're, uh, you're doing, you're doing well by doing good, so that's right. how it works. Yeah, yeah. So tell us, how has the solar yeah. business changed over the last five years and, and prior to COVID nineteen? That's a whole subject in itself. Wow. All right. So, so you want to go pre March? It's changed in that we have really helped folks identify the fact that the utilities are running a monopoly. And it really is the last monopoly here in this great nation of ours. The last one was AT&T back in the 80s. And now folks are starting to see that, you know, there's no reason why the utilities should have this a monopolistic approach to maintaining control over the way that electrons are generated and delivered. So that's really what we're seeing. And that's as a result of the utilities, you know, pounding on us legislatively to try to take every advantage that they can, it's almost predatory. Every time we make a technological advance and lower our costs and deliver great service, we being the solar industry, solar plus industry, solar plus battery storage. And every time we do that, Barry, as you know, the industry's got to fight back with some kind of a predatory legislative attack. Net metering, I mean, you all are probably familiar. You got NERA, which was very funny, that New England ratepayers. I'm, I'm sure you're going to have an episode on that, so I won't preempt. But that's a solid example of the utilities really trying to take advantage during a blind spot in our nation's history here with this pandemic. They're really trying to turn the nation into, you know, to remove net metering and essentially give it the same kind of a program like we have here at this Imperial Irrigation District, I border up to the IID, and the IID decided four years ago to erase net metering when no one was looking and go with net billing. Well, that's what NERA is doing right now. So in the past five years, we in this industry have really created greater roots, stronger roots in this competitive replacement that we're creating in an affront to the utility. So that model is what's happening in the next five years are really the coolest because the utilities costs just keep getting higher, our costs get lower, our ability to create microgrids in homes that are behind, you know, systems behind the meter that the utilities can't overreach into is just becoming more and more and more real and with every day. So that's the fun part. You are a part of the first steps, you know, just getting human beings to wrap their brains around the, the collection and conversion of electric now we're moving into this next phase where you can store it, use it on demand. The stage after that will just be the complete replacement and the downfall of the last monopoly in the United States. So that's essentially where we're at. That's the message I drive home every day with my executives. And, you know, it's legislatively, we're going to see some drama go on with the ITC. We've got some great stuff in Washington, D.C. and our contacts there who are telling us that, Let's not mess around with this little IT extension and the monetization. We're going to go, and, and right now, Bear, I don't know if you know, you probably do, but it hasn't been made super public, but the House is introducing re uh, renewables or an energy policy that includes an extension of a 30% ITC up until 2025. 
which has some real legs to it. So that's the exciting part. Every time we get a black eye, we turn the other cheek and say, well, look, I got another eye, you know, and it's a clean eye and try to strike me there. And it's, it's not working. The utility is in that, I hate to call it a death spiral, but it is in that retraction phase and it's being replaced by what you do and what Renova does every day. Yeah. And you know what? They can't really stay ahead of the rapidly evolving technology. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised and the solar industry may not even fight it tremendously if in a few years they manage to emasculate net metering because we're going to have cheap batteries. And it's, it's yeah. going to be even worse right. for them. They're not even going to get right. the free power that we were going to help them during the day or in the evening. They're just, it's, it's going to be isolated. And, Customers are going to come out ahead. And the, yeah. And the silly part is they're using our technology and collection, which are PV, right? PV, you're the one who told me this a long time ago. PV was created for small spaces, right? It wasn't really created to be put out and molest beautiful desert fields and then to be carted in at all sorts of line loss into civilization and batteries are the same way. Batteries are nice, small, compact, and are getting smaller with energy density advances, and we can put those in homes. So you got solar on the roof and batteries in the home. Where in what I just said includes the word centralized utility? Yeah. Nowhere. It's, Nowhere. It's, they it's, don't play a role in that. It's you know, technologically doomed down the road. So we're talking about equipment. What kind of equipment is Renova Energy usually installing? Right on. We are an elite, a very proud elite dealer for almost 10 years now for SunPower. And a lot of folks are like, oh, geez, SunPower is so expensive. But really what it does is it teaches your whole team a value prop. You know, the value proposition wrapped around a product that may cost a little more, but gives you more over time. So I won't go into that now, but that's why we're a proud SunPower dealer. We're elite. So that's our collection. That's 100% of what we collect with collect and convert. Then we get into batteries and we're real strong with Tesla as a certified installer. Love the Tesla guys. We don't do the attachment rate as much as they would like, but that's a different story. I think their math is a little messed up, but you know, they have a phenomenal product with a fantastic interface and they really are leaders in AC coupled systems. If you want to go DC coupled, I suggest to your listeners, they look at Generac. Generac is, obviously, it's got a great national name, and they, Barry, are taking some major strides in creating battery generators, and they've got the bandwidth for it. They've got 600 engineers. They've got the money. That's a great organization, and everyone should look into that, and then there's a great startup company up in your area called Electric with a Q at the end, and that's a DC-connected or DC-coupled solution as well. And that's really cool. And I can tell you, we have been working real close with these folks because their technology is getting better as far as hardware, but Barry, their software is getting smarter. And now they're able to put software in that won't allow any overage or any bleed onto the grid. So now what do we got, brother? We got microgrids where we do not need any permission from the utilities. They're standalone They stay in the home, they're quiet, they're conscious, you can use them with the dependency and the resiliency that you could back in the day with centralized electricity. And that's essentially what's making utilities like the IID, that's freaking them out right now because they don't know what microgrids we're placing in their territory, where they are, because we don't need their permission. We just need permits from the local AHJs. And we're doing everything above board, but we have been able to subjugate 
the issues that the IID, for example, are putting in our way. Yeah, it's interesting how they want to know about the batteries, but the batteries are, you know, not interacting with the grid. They're completely behind the grid. It, it behaves basically right. the same way as energy conservation. So that's kind of cool. Right, right. right. Yeah. Or, in, or in their case, like water conservation, what's silly about the IID, for example, is they are an irrigation company or utility, and yet they don't require people who put water filters in their home to report their water filter, that they're filtering their product of water, but they want to know if you're bringing our product of electric in, how are you storing it? We must know that. No, you won't. No, you can't. Yep. That's overreach. So it's been fun. It's yeah. been fun. Well, we'll have to chat more offline about yes, that some of these kind of call it spy versus spy, the evolution of like a mad magazine long ago. Anyway, so I like to talk about, especially in this evolution, the three E's of independent energy motivation. Kind of, it started out with environmental, then it became economic, and now it's emergency power. How have your right. customers evolved in the Coachella Valley area with regards to these motivating factors? That's terrific. With the brownouts and blackouts, you could incur a health issue in this desert because we do have about six months of the year where we're between 90 and 120 degrees. So what they're really looking for is that backup and that resiliency. And that's phase one of a microgrid because we don't have the energy density in our batteries unless you daisy chain couple together four or five at a cost, (laughs) at a cost, mind you, unless you can afford to do that, your one or two batteries will only offset those, and I know people criticize me for calling them critical loads, but, but let's just call them critical loads. So being able to peel aside critical loads to allow people to have one AC, you know, and to be comfortable, that's what we have to explain to our citizens and our ratepayers and our customers out here, that it won't take you off the grid entirely, but it's a first step towards doing that. What it will do, though, is it'll give you that battery backup in the emergency cases. And we get plenty of brownouts and blackouts that average about 40 to 50 minutes out here in our desert. Yeah, it's funny. We're talking about that. Just yesterday, I met with a customer who has asthma and we just put in a battery backup system for her. And she got in a letter from PG&E saying they're going to turn the power off from noon to three o'clock on Monday. And she's like, I don't want to get an asthma attack, but I can't run my air conditioner. I said, listen, for $500 and we're going to eat the cost, we're going to drop off a portable LG 10,000 BTU rolling air conditioner. Plunk that thing down right in your family room, run the vent right. into another room, and you know right. if you're worried, you're going to be fine. And that's right. Easy solution. So could you imagine if she had to listen to that darn utility and she had to go three, four hours without it? I mean, it would take her two or three days to recover. Yep. from that downtime. Yeah. And, and so you are, that's why you're amazing, Barry. The listeners should recognize that the more we give now, the more they'll receive down the road when microgrids just become a common thing and folks are knocking on their door, remembering those stories of the sacrifice that you made to help people out during these times. Yeah. It comes back to what you said, Vince, which is you've got, you know, a 65% referral rate. That means that you make your customers happy. And, you know, even if it's a little thing like that, I mean, we can talk our way out of it. There's might be a little bitter taste in their mouth, but you satisfy them. You spend a little bit more money, maybe after the sale. And then that customer is a great referral. Right. Right. You know, you'll reap what you sow. And you got to sow, I mean, you and I have been, I've been sowing for 15 years. You've been sowing for 30 years or more. But that is clearly what we're doing. And, and I don't ever see us having to get out of that, Barry. I think in our lifetime, 
we're always going to have to give, give, give in order to promote the industry that you and I know has so much purpose for the overall health of the planet. And that's just, unfortunately, if you're new to the game and you're listening to this conversation, you're in an industry where you're going to have to give more than you really believe you're getting at the time you give. But just hang in there and the rewards are amazing, but they're going to come down the road. Yeah. I don't know how many industries are like that, Barry. I mean, what else? I mean, orthodontists, you know, dentists, do they do the same thing? They don't. <laughs> Our industry is unique in that you've got to sacrifice a lot, give a lot, because we recognize the purpose of what we do every day. But you get it back short term and long term. You get it back because you're doing the right thing for the planet, for your children, for everybody else. You sleep at night. But then also, when you run a good business like you're doing at Renova Energy, you're getting back because it's a profitable, growing business. You're keeping a lot of people working. That's what we need in this economy. Yeah, yeah. that's the fun part. And no one seems to recognize that in Washington. We talk about jobs, jobs, jobs. They just do not get it. I think, though, the, the enlightenment is coming, Barry. I really do. I, and I believe it's coming soon in the next administration. So hang in there, brother. We'll yeah, get we there. <laughs> Can't get any worse. Well, so talking, no, about, man, that's for sure. <laughs> talking about positive things, you mentioned branding. And you go to the Renova website, Terrific Branding. And it's also impressive on how you evolved from Renova Solar to Renova Energy. And I did the same thing from Cinnamon Solar to Cinnamon Energy. But how important is branding to build your business on a sustainable basis? Yeah, it's job one. It's, in my opinion, the most important. Having a very clean brand, meaning, you know, good colors, a remarkable logo, something that's memorable because there is so much competition. There's a lot of fly-by-nights, a lot of Johnny-come-latelys, and God bless them because it just makes our voice stronger. But in order to differentiate yourself so that you do get those referrals, you do need to create a brand. And branding is not something that we learn when we're in grade school or kindergarten. You know, you, you have your lunch, you have your friend, and then you go home and, and watch TV. It's not taught that, hey, if you really want to stand out in this world, you've got to take your skill, what you've been given by God, what your parents have instilled in you, and you've got to be proud of it. But you've got to keep it clean and you've got to always make sure that you're maintaining a good reputation wherever you are. And that's what brand is. Brand is essentially reputation. And that's why I believe, you know, Renova is just super important. We, man, Barry, we label everything. We're, we're sitting in this room right now. Almost all of us are wearing uh, gaiters because I decided, you know what a gaiter, that neck gaiter. That, yeah. yeah. And the gaiter is a great thing to help in the field. But now we've instituted it as a piece of uniform for everyone, in-house, out-house, and it goes around your neck, and we've branded that. We've put our colors on it. We've got Renova Energy. We've got Renova Plus, which are, is our service division. So it's always remembering to keep the brand front and center, and our vehicles are all vinyled up in Renova, so that's an awesome thing because we warn our people, all of our good employee partners, that if you're driving too fast, people are going to see you're driving in a Renova vehicle. So it keeps them, you know, from as an employee partner, they don't want to ruin the brand. And because the better that we do overall, the greater their stock value is. And so it all plays into creating a resiliency and a long-term approach to the industry that you and I love so much. Yeah. This is a long game, man. It's yeah, a marathon. Yeah, yeah you, well, you said the magic words, this is long-term. Branding is not the kind of thing you can wake up one morning and say, oh, I think I'm going to do branding for my company. Branding something that you spend you know, six months in advance of figuring it out and then years 
building and building and building, but you get a good payback yeah. for it. Yeah, you do. You do. And it's recognizable and it's fun to see people. They know our music because we play at the background constantly on all of our commercials and videos. So they know the music. They'll know the Renova O, which is the circular O. And that's fun. I love to hear that. That's always positive feedback. And it's always about the brand. Yep. Yep. All right. So how do maintenance services fit into your operation? Yeah, that's great. We've got a crew of about 40 folks that in 2008, we separated into a division called Renova Plus. We have a vice president of Renova Plus. Renova Plus handles everything from wrapping bird netting around an existing solar system to cleanings, of course. Uh, And what's fun is we'll service our own systems, of course, and maintain those warranties. But we also service what's called legacy systems. Legacy are other people's solar and battery installations. And, And Barry, that has increased by about 50% over the past year, because we've got so many companies that are making it really difficult for their customers to call and come out to service. So I recommend anyone who is starting a company out there to not only have an installation arm, but to take separate people. Don't use your installers, your operations folks. I would suggest you find a crew of technicians and you grow them to be isolated and to work only on service and cleaning and maintenance of systems that already exist on roofs. You do all the warranty work, you get paid by the SMAs and the sun powers of the world to do truck rolls. It pays for itself, plus the additional part tying into what we were talking about branding. Now you get to put almost twice as many vehicles on the road with your brand on it. And that just shows more activity to your community. And they say, oh wow, that's solar. Now they may not know it's a solar cleaning vehicle, but at least they see your brand out there more often. It increases your margins to have a service and maintenance side of your company. And your revenues are in, my revenues, at least for Renova Plus, are in the 25 to 30%. I'm sorry, yeah, my margins are in the same, the same category as in our new installation division. So it pays for itself plus plus. It gives you great brand equity because folks know they can go to you as a one-stop shop. And you also use it as a way to bring in new trainees that can then move on later to go into your operations, your installation side of your business. So it's a great entry level to help folks get in and get their hands dirty and understand what solar and battery storage is. So it's super important. I would suggest everyone get a division of service. Yeah, it's a distraction, but what we found, because we're doing the same thing, we found Yeah, I stole from your model, Barry, so don't... (laughs) Thank you for for asking. Well, but you helped me point it out the way to get those gasoline-powered high-pressure pumps on the trucks and get the deionized water in there. So, yeah, you got to do that. But the solar industry is growing, but some companies also kind of don't make the transition, the profits, and then they disappear. So there's a lot of customers who we had talked to two years ago, five years ago. They said, I'm going to buy from somebody else. They're cheaper. And we're like, okay, well, we'll be around. And then they come back to us and say, you know, that company went out of business. Can you clean my panels? Can you fix my inverter? And then those are some of your best referrals. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Doesn't matter if you get them on the new install. You don't need to have them in the contract like that. Just have them as a part of your family on the service side for the next 20 years or whatever their warranty or their lease is. So yeah, either way, man, you know, you got to be all in. You got to be all in. You can't just be in it to just try to make the margin on uh, new installations or on battery connections. That's not what we're in this for. This is a complete transition. And you you really have to be all in and dream about this stuff. I know you do. So, you know, and I do. And we're not crazy. We're a little crazy, but 
you know. We're a little crazy. Otherwise, we wouldn't be dreaming about this stuff when we're trying to sleep. But that's our life, so that's okay. Um, Our life, man. (laughs) You're passionate, obviously, it comes through in everything you do about the environment, about the good fight. And I know that you had some battles with some, let's just call it hostile net metering organizations or policies. So how have those worked out kind of short term and long term? Short term, the brand is known out in the community where that scourge of the earth, (laughs) that indignant utility lives, but the Renova brand is out there as a fighter for the ratepayer. So that's how it's been helpful. We are in a couple of lawsuits because we know what's right, Barry. We know that what they did was wrong by taking away the option to go solar. And so I'm not going to keep sit on my hands. I'm going to talk about it. I have that right. And damn it, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? You can't always come down here and fight the good fight. And beautiful Bernadette Del Chiaro, our amazing representative of Calsa, there's only so much she and Brad Hevner can, can take on. So each one of us are an advocate. And in this region, I decided, all right, I know what was done wrong here, and I'm going to advocate to correct it. And so that's one battle. Another battle is I've been having difficulty with the unions, who I don't believe should be in our industry. And we could talk about this at some other time, because their gains are dangerous for the growth of proper solar, rooftop solar, CNI solar, resi solar model. So we're already in that mode And then all of a sudden you get this pandemic where you have to have people working virtually. And I got to tell you, it was a godsend. It was gorgeous the way that we have so totally learned to keep our customers happy, to grow the brand, even though we don't have as many butts in seats at the Renova campus. We have three buildings of about 42,000 square feet here. And pre-pandemic, we were sitting in a little less than 40,000. And now, Barry, we're sitting in about 30,000 square feet because quite a few of our folks are working remotely. And that helps us reduce our cost, you know, not so much in the way of toilet paper and coffee is going out the door. But I'm sad that we don't have those folks, you know, here every day with me. But we haven't skipped a, a beat. And this June, we are right now, Barry, in the middle of our best June ever as far as sales go. So that's pretty damn amazing. The the halls are a little quiet, but everyone's working remotely and we've adapted very well. And I've reminded everyone that, hey, this is really the first wave of a, you know, of a storm and get ready because likely we're going to have to hunker down again in October and November when it starts getting a little colder. So that is, just now that's standard operating procedure. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah, but we went through again. Yeah, we went through the same thing. It was the most challenging time I ever had in the solar industry, except for when the pricing for solar panels in two thousand four doubled. But like every week and sometimes twice a week, we kind of had to change our business plan. You know, well, should we shut down? Uh, we had to furlough people. But no, we don't have to furlough them because we're going to get the PPP loan. Up, oh, we can't get the PPP loan. Let's furlough them. Up, oh, the loan came through. Let's hire them back. And it's just like it was a, a whipsaw. But it did really right. force us, right. um, especially on the sales side, to be more efficient you know, the, right. other, the one operational downside is we need more vehicles because we can, you know, we can only have right. people from the same right. living group in a truck. You know, there's some, you know, uncles and cousins and brothers working together. But other than that, we're, right. you know, a lot of individual vehicles are driving to every job site. So we pay more money for that, but we're, we're staying healthy. And what's fun about that is now we get to absorb the electric vehicles that have come onto the market that really weren't bought up because of the pandemic. We're finding we're getting fantastic rates 
on the leasing of, of EVs. So our EV infrastructure that we have on our campus, you know, we don't have a space available. And driving around an EV, I mean, heck, the more EVs, the more solar goes up, right? Yep. You know, that's a way you can shift your thinking to be more economic and at the same time, you know, show your people that you're looking out for their health and their family's health. You know, you're totally right. That is the one change having to do with sales and consultants. We had spent so much money on our last show that you had me on. We talked about the investment in the virtual infrastructure. And thank God we went with what we call, it's an Oracle solution, but it's really NetSuite. We spent quite a bit of money on getting that up. We call it Soul on the inside here of Renova. But that allowed us to do the Google meetups and just switch over very quickly to remote activity with our customers. And man, we thought, oh, people aren't going to dig this, but boy, they were buying remotely. And it's been far better than I had anticipated. Again, we're about to have our best June. And I would say half of our ladies and gentlemen consultants, they're out in the field and the other half are just meeting remotely. Same thing for us. It's a knock on wood. I don't want to, I don't want to like brag about it or anything, but you know, we're doing okay. And, you know, in the rest of the solar industry, as long as they're equipped properly, they're doing okay. All right. Let's talk about things that are unique to the Palm Desert area. It gets really, really hot. How does your um, solar and battery equipment perform and what do you do to make it perform in that desert environment? And then the second question is, how do you handle customers that, you know, want to power their whole house with their air conditioner and a battery? Right. That's a great, yeah, great question on that part of what we do do a little differently. We cannot put batteries on the outside. You know, you, you should be able to, right? A lot of folks, they mount those Teslas outside. We can't. We need to have it in the garage at least. It doesn't need to be air conditioned, but it can't reach up to, I believe it's 130 degrees. So we have to watch out for that with our battery storage because as you know, batteries, their number one enemy is heat. And in colder environments, it's cold. <laughs> but in our area, it happens to be the heat. So we make sure that it's the placement of the battery, the materials that we use. We use larger conduits because we have to make sure that we're not stifling the conductors and getting them to overheat because when they do, you get all sorts of issues with line loss. Again, it's, it's just a matter of spending a little more money on materials that we know will last a longer time. We can't use rubber boots on anything because, of course, all the moisture is absorbed within three years and, and then they'll crack and dry up. PVC, I mean, you can always tell when you get a great installer from the water side because they build in a a much different way with much different materials. That's kind of a way Renova builds for the harsh desert climate, and that's what gives us an advantage, and it gives our customers an advantage so that their systems stay operational longer. What was the other question that you had asked me? Yeah, the other question was, how do you address the needs of some customers who want to back up their whole home? Right on. That's a great conversation because we have to give them visuals. <laughs> we have to show them that, you know, it's easy to spell out when you show them that, you know, your Tesla will allow for up to 24 amps of an instant load and most air conditioners are at like 25 amps plus. So we have to use a lot of soft starting equipment in order to allow for one battery to stay, allow a three ton unit to come on. Most homes out here, Barry, have three to five units on them that are three tons to five tons. So, you know, it's tough when they come from the water side and say, yeah, I have one Tesla in my Newport Beach home, one Tesla battery, and it handles my Mitsubishi and my lights and my my wireless. 
we have to have the conversation about loads and why desert loads have a tendency to just vaporize your storage in a single battery. So you're looking at two to three batteries. You can't install more. Tesla makes it quite difficult to install four or five batteries. So we're usually talking up to three. So it's just a conversation with folks about, you know, this really is for dependability, emergency battery backup, resilience, instead of having the cut the cord conversation. And, you know, I'm relating to the book that I wrote in 2015. That's coming, Barry, but you know, we've got to get better battery chemistries, meaning that their energy density needs to be better. We need to at least triple the energy density in a single battery before we can start talking about one battery, one solar array solution. Yeah. We're not there. Yeah. What do you think? When do you, what does that look like to you? If you don't mind me asking you, as far as energy density and storage, do you see advances in storage in that way? I mean, I, I thought it was going to come along at a Moore's Law kind of rapidity, and it really hasn't. I, what do you think? I think it's going to be gradual. It's not going to be as, and, and it's going to have more limits. It's not going to happen as fast as PV did. But the, yeah. the other factor which I'm seeing, and, and I'm experimenting with this in my home, because we did a whole home electrification, took out all the gas stuff and put in heat pump water heater and put in a Mitsubishi dual zone AC. And yeah. boy, when I measure the current draw on that thing, even at startup, it's really low. So it doesn't behave at all like the old-fashioned compressors that you see in those big cylindrical AC units. This thing starts right. slow, and it just works. So I actually think that it's going to be easier and faster to replace those old-fashioned right compressor units with variable-speed scroll compressor. Right. That's one. And the yeah, second thing of, is... kind of like our pool pump. Yeah. Everyone yeah. out here, you know, your variable frequency or a variable-speed drive... And if that's the direction all the appliances are going, you're absolutely right. They're just essentially accommodating what you and I are doing in the integration of batteries into people's homes. Yep. And then the other thing that I was thinking about, it, we were talking about critical load or essential load panels, and that's what we're doing for all of our battery customers. But once you're able to put a few more batteries in, maybe two batteries, let's flip it around from calling it an essential load panel to a load shedding panel. And so basically, you'd run all of your big 240-volt loads through another panel that in software, and put this in on a retrofit basis, but you can selectively turn off the things when the battery gets low. And so that's another way of addressing it. Right. And you know what's really keen about that is that, like, we went to Eaton about three years ago and said, because Eaton provides most of the electric breakers, and they would only go up to do a 10 or a 15-amp breaker used for like the emergency lights that go on whenever you have a blackout in a building. And we went to them and stressed, hey guys, if you were smart, you would start making 30 amp, 60 amp breakers like they do in Germany so that you've got a smart house panel and that can trigger on and off automatically when it recognizes that the battery isn't going to have enough storage in it to supply the wireless or the lights. And it will turn those off and allow more critical loads to remain on. And you're totally right. If you, I mean, look at the way our panels are now. They've got those ridiculous snap-on, snap-off breakers. And that's where I think if somebody were smart, anyone listening out there, get into electric breakers because a smart breaker would just advance microgrid 
installations in the United States, it would triple it in no time. Yeah. yeah. And there's a couple of companies doing that. One was a guest on our show recently, a company called Span, Artrail, their founder was on there and they're doing it. There's a few other companies that have smart electrical panels. I'm kind of looking at it right. as a smart sub panel. <laughs> and right. you power the whole sub panel, but then the things that, that the battery can't handle, you put those in a separate panel. So in my house, I only have right. to pull out four breakers. I have to pull out my pool equipment, my AC, you know, my stove and my oven, and that's it. And the solar can pretty much, and the battery can pretty much run everything else. Right on. So, I right. think you're on to something. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> We've just come up with a solution. We're done now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's start up a company. But you know what? I'm so happy just doing yeah. the installation and the contracting and the batteries. I, I hardly have any hair left, so I'm going to focus on what I'm good at. There we go. Time to wrap it up a little bit, but how can people okay. get in touch with Renova Energy? Online, we are Renova.energy, or you can go RenovaEnergy.com. So that's how you can come to us. And we're, we're pretty simple to connect with. Me personally, so I'm Vincent Battaglia, so I would be V Battaglia at Renova Energy. Battaglia is B as in boy, A-T-T-A-G-L-I-A. So you can connect with me, directly with me. Our main line at Renova is 760-568-3413. And you can always ask for me. And we've got a brilliant staff on hand who would love to help anybody with any question. I have no problem, even if you're not a SunPower dealer. Let's share some ideas because the more you give, the more you get back. All right. Terrific. Well, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks, Vince, for joining us. Great segment. And you are thanks. welcome. Thank you. All right. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. So if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamon.energy and listen to the podcasts.